Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. Today, we are continuing our conversations. We've talked a little bit about long series, we've talked about duologies, and today we're going to talk about trilogies. And yeah, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of great trilogies out there. Again, like we talked about last week, it's not my favorite anymore. Yes. I'm loving the duologies, yes. but trilogies have a lot to offer too. Absolutely. And it's interesting how I think sometimes finding trilogies that don't work yeah. um, can really teach us a lot. Give you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even like, there's a difference between what works mm-hmm. like from a writing craft perspective yeah. and what I think maybe from a reader perspective mm. doesn't work. Yeah, I, I yeah. think you know where I'm point. going with this, but we'll <laughs> we'll open it up. So when yes. we when we talk about trilogies, I think there's a lot of ones that come to mind, but mm. one of the things that I love talking about is divergent yes. and the divergent, insurgent, allegiant. Um, especially the ending of allegiant and how many people feel so strongly about that ending i sobbed for like 45 minutes straight (laughs) absolutely and one that it has a lot of emotional power to it whether you hate it or not Mm -hmm. um and it's interesting because we've we've referenced this before and i'm definitely going to be um bringing it in um the author Veronica Roth actually has an entire article dedicated to talking about the ending of this trilogy yeah. and why she chose to do it the way she did, and yeah. and even acknowledging the fan reaction, disappointment, and backlash, and and I think the you know obviously we're gonna share spoilers, yeah. <laughs> but I think even just how. It was felt the how it resonated yeah. um, that that ending with the sacrifice yes. of the main character, mm-hmm. which seems, I mean, it seems like a crazy choice, but as she talks about it, and we've talked about it, I before, think it's the only way the book. I think it's the only could have ended, way it could honestly. Have ended. <laughs> like, yeah, in in a. In, in a way a, that ties into the beginning of the, the yes. story and where you were going and all of that. Absolutely. And when we talked about duologies, we talked about like the, the themes and the things in the beginning, yeah. then having weight and meaning. And we use the, um, we reference the Robert McKee quote of meaning produces emotion. Mm-hmm. And you cried for 45 minutes. Yeah. And the thing is like that ending as difficult as it was to take yes um, which absolutely it was i cried immensely oh, yeah. as well it's not the ending you want but it is so the ending the book needs and it's yes. still the ending that stays with you it, i think it makes the book memorable yes <laughs> it makes you like unable to forget it absolutely mm-hmm. and i'm gonna real quick read the like there is this quote is brought up really early, and it's it's what um, the Dauntless believe. It's, mm-hmm. we believe in ordinary acts of bravery and the courage that drives one person 
to stand up for another. And we get that yeah. midway through the first one. Yeah. She's also from abnegation. At the end of Divergent, you have her parents sacrificing themselves yeah. for her. Yeah. And it just feels so emotionally resonant yes. and relevant to have that kind of character yeah. arc being moving into being brave and yes. courageous and of course like it's the marriage of those two ideas yes, yes. Like, in the end. and not just sacrificing for which obviously it is a sacrifice for one person which mm -hmm. is referenced directly sure. in the quote but it's also not just for one person yeah. it is for a whole group yes and i think one of the things she does so well in the story as well is to give her some individual wins yes. and moments that if she did not end it that way would feel like she was doing them early. Like yeah. she was kind of tying off ends before we got to that point. Yeah. And it was one of those things I'm sitting with and I'm like, we're changing perspectives. I'm getting nervous. Like I'm getting very uncertain right here. <laughs> But she, she knew what felt like it was resonant within the story. Yeah. And I do think that sometimes we have these, as readers, even expectations of how it needs to end. Yeah. Like how we, we need to feel a certain way, to feel warm and fuzzy. Like we yeah. need it to end a certain way. And I just love that she, she stuck with it. Yeah. Like, she had this feeling that it was the right ending to go for. Mm -hmm. And she absolutely nailed it. Yes. Even though it's a total gut punch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She made the difficult choice. And as a reader, yeah. I mean, as a writer, that's really hard. Like, mm -hmm. we don't want to be that hard on our characters. We yes. want to be nice to them. Yes. But that's not what makes great stories. And what makes stories that, that resonate and hold through time. You know, like, yes. this is a series people are still talking about and yes. reading and loving and... I don't think that would be true without that gut punch ending. Absolutely. It's funny when I was doing research for this, it's hilarious how many like things referenced Allegiant. Yeah. And even if it was in a, this is the thing that like the, the yeah. thing that stands out in a maybe not as positive way, it still was there. It's a yeah. part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think... I was actually at a dinner, <laughs> a holiday dinner, and I was talking to someone across the table who was also a, a fan of reading and kind of YA yeah. and paranormal and Ren romance. And so she asked me the question, Divergent Trilogy or Hunger Games Trilogy? And I'm like Ooh. sitting there being <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I like them both for such different reasons. Yes. <laughs> okay. So speaking of Hunger Games, we have to bring this up yes. and talk about trilogies because Absolutely. book two of Hunger Games is the perfect book two. Yes. Like, and nailing a book two in a, in a trilogy yes. is really hard. And I don't think that the Divergent does it as well. Like yes. I wanted to hurl book two at the wall. Absolutely. Like, I was so angry through that whole second book. Absolutely. But Hunger Games, book two is Oh, it's delightful. It it's is. so delightful. It plays homage to the first one. It leads us right into the third one. It feels cohesive as a whole thing in itself, but yes. also connected to the larger story. Like, yeah, it's so hard to get that right. It absolutely is. And where, as I talk about The Hunger Games, like, Catching and Fire is my favorite book. Mm -hmm. 
hands down. Mm-hmm. I have no other trilogy where I'm like, yay, but two, <laughs> yeah. in the same way. Uh, and Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> I can't think of a single one. <laughs> there's a slight exception, but we'll we'll get to that one. Um, but it 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 does everything that it has to do mm-hmm. while finding little joyous. Yes. moments within it yes. which I think is well, totally it why drag, it works. which so often the second book yes. drags in a trilogy because it's all that act two and so you get that act two slog for a whole book yes. <laughs> so often and I just think that's horrible yes. but I don't think that the Hunger Games that the ending of the series was as satisfying yes absolutely like, you get a happier ending than yes. with Divergent but it wasn't nearly as memorable or yes. satisfying it kind of fell flat to me yes. I, I secretly wonder about the um, how much time was taken with yeah. each of them. Like I've mm. been sitting a lot with the amount of time something has to kind of bake, develop, um, yeah. and how that reflects on it. Mm. Um, I do wonder when it was written in yeah. the process. Um, Catching Fire versus mm. Mockingjay. If she was on deadline or had yeah. already written it with the pressure off, because Catching Fire it has great pace. It mm-hmm. gives you so much. It ups so many things like yeah. there are additional terrible things that are happening yeah the stakes get increased there's yeah. the, there's the you know you never get off this train this realization yeah. that winning is not winning winning yeah. will never be winning and but yet you have all these little things that that kind of take a breath and yeah. take a moment i remember even just reading it like there's this breath where they're on the beach and mm. talking to each other. Yeah. And like even just getting in the quarter quell, there's just these little moments that are what you live for. Yeah. And what's crazy is it's another one that it gives you it gives you what you want. Yes. Like she gets up. Yeah. She is alive. Yeah. And so is like spoiler again. <laughs> um, and so is Peter. But yeah. Peter this is just ingenious, and I think it's why it works so well. PETA, she is trying to save him the entire time, mm-hmm. and she absolutely fails in that. Mm-hmm. And not just does she fail, but everyone around her has actually been working counter to what she was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that she holds most dear, they did not value, mm-hmm. or value to the same extent. Mm-hmm. And Ah, there's just something glorious about that, yeah. about like having PETA in the first one being like, I do not want to be a piece in their games. Yeah. And he becomes a piece in their game. Yeah. I, like his greatest fear is there. Yeah. I, there's so many little strings of that story, though, that I think also make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And Mockingjay, I think, is so hard because it also goes into so much depth of yeah. the complexity of the corruption of power yeah. and that's it's not a very sexy story to tell like in some ways <laughs> like that's kind of hard it's a hard sell yeah it's a hard sell to get everyone there and to have Peter, who's been kind of this breath of fresh air gone gone yeah. it just makes for a very miserable beginning yes to Mockingjay which I think is why, like, I think it totally drives people into Mockingjay. Yes. But I think also some of that ending, like, she is yeah. so brutal with it. Yeah. There are certain things that she does that I'm like, did you really have to? Okay, <laughs> another spoiler. 
Finnick. I'm still like justice for Finnick. Like, <laughs> I'm still like you did not have to do no, that. It wasn't necessary. But I can appreciate the one that I absolutely appreciate is Prim. Like yeah. I love, I love the idea mm-hmm. that she absolutely like the beginning. She is just trying to save her sister, and yeah. she absolutely fails in that. But she fails because the world is intrinsically flawed. And mm-hmm. I think as she's going through that ending, which is so, mm-hmm. it's so internal. Yeah. And there's so many choices she makes that we don't actually have. We're not privy to. Yeah, on the page. Right? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden... And I think she holds it back to make it a twist. Like, if we know that she's going out there to shoot coin, it takes away something from that scene. But it is hard to grapple with and be like, wait, what? What? Like, like, what? It's so jarring. Yeah. And maybe she could have better set that up in a way but I almost think in some ways it being so jarring was what she was going for was the like when she's sitting in that conversation where they're gonna do another Hunger Games Mm -hmm. she's like this is just as bad as what was done before yeah and I, I don't know like I it is one of those that is beautifully imperfect mm-hmm. and I sit with still like yeah. and I sit with wanting a little more like I just want like a little more of, of beauty from it yes. like I just want like a little bit more of like Katniss and Peeta being happy yeah like <laughs> well, like baking bread told that they're happy we don't actually yes. get to see it on the page oh that, my gosh. that is one of those yes. examples of like show don't tell and yes. I feel like that fails because like she she tells us and she doesn't show it to us and yes I wanted more of that I, I did too yeah. I what I love though I love the like beautiful little stuff yeah. the the yes. memory book that yes. I wept over mm. how beautifully it understood yeah. the beauty of these characters that had gone before and yeah. sacrificed so much in a world where they had no choice. Yes. And just those little things, I think that she nailed that side of it. Mm-hmm. I do think that interpersonal, like them yeah. coming together, growing together, like you said, I wanted to see more. I wanted yeah. to see like the growing together. But I do think even just the bringing back. Yeah. Have the little moments like the, the always mm-hmm. the at the end. You know, you love me, real or not real, yes. real. That's beautiful. The end with the meadow. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. It starts in the meadow and it ends in the meadow, and she is mm-hmm. never going to have kids in the beginning, and she has children in the end, and mm-hmm. but she knows like the cost. Yeah, and that it's acknowledged. There's a line that's like. My kids who don't know that they play on, you know, a grave, yeah. a graveyard. Um, there's just something there that it just sticks with me. Mm, and like, sure. I, like I said, that conversation, I had no answer because yeah. they both are beautifully, imperfectly kind of beloved in my yes, heart, even absolutely. with those things Absolutely. That stick out. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that 
like trilogies are just hard I think they're really hard as a writer and there's so much that you have to balance Mm. um, because they do tell one cohesive story but there is a lot more that has to go on and each book in order to really work each book has to stand on its own in some ways and tie together Um, and that's hard that's a lot of threads to manage and so I don't know that there's ever one that pulls it off perfectly perfectly, like we talked about like these each have strengths and different things that they do but I do like I really like when a trilogy expands with each like the world expands with each and and I think you need that like you need with a trilogy you need to expand the world and the world building and the scope you need to expand the stakes and you need to introduce new characters if you don't do those things then you you don't have enough there for a trilogy. Yes. Stick to a stick to a single story or stick to a duology because trilogies need a lot more happening in order to hold readers' attention. Absolutely. And do you mind if we talk about yeah. Stephanie Garber because I think yeah, this plays I mean, right into Caraval? Yeah. Um, because I think what Caraval does really well is it stands alone. Yeah until you get to that very last yep. moment. Yep. And then you're like, whoa. Like <laughs> yes. all of a sudden we get yep. a view of a different character that we we have a very, I would say, bit biased, biased <laughs> yeah. view of from being in her sister's head. Mm-hmm. Um, that we understand that the game is bigger than we mm-hmm. even could have understood mm-hmm. at the beginning. We have a piece of information and then another character that is pulling yep. some strings and it it gives us so many great questions, but yeah. she wraps up Caravel the story so well. Mm-hmm. It's surprising. Mm-hmm. There's parts of it that do feel very inevitable, yeah. um, but in a way that you're like, you didn't oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> she has so many little moments yeah. that that shock you, leading into that. And then adds layers of distrust. Like it adds little seeds of doubt. Yes. Even as something has come to a close. Mm -hmm. And then we switch point of views, which I just think is kind of really, in this case, masterful. Yeah. Because then we have information that's been withheld that we all of a sudden get to then see from a very different lens yes it's jarring at first but i think you're right that it really was necessary for this story but then it also allows the reverse of what happened before like we get scarlet who then has like all this she's holding back a bunch of things there's there's kind of this natural even distrust between the sisters even though their relationship is strong strong and good there's there's some things that can't be shared and it just allows for then this this story to go quite literally geographically to a bigger place yes and then to kind of expand in this direction and then when we go into finale we get both points of view and it gets to expand even more Yeah. yeah and i think that's done in such a great way that we get kind of this natural like she doesn't have to change everyone on a specific pace yes. she allowed, like we get a lot of dynamic change in Scarlet we get a lot yeah. of dynamic change in Tella and then we get kind of this great both both yeah. of them over time yeah. she kind of plays a magic trick there but it does kind of take things back from the first ones mm. pay off subvert them mm. and even 
mysteries that are from the first that are planted, like what happened to the mom, we get to kind of, we don't even always know that they're under contemplation. Yes. Because we get little like past moments, which are important to the characters. Yes. But that are also setting up something that she's going to like ultimately build up to and pay off. Yes. It's another story. I wonder how it was created because it feels so cohesive within that. No, I agree. Well, and I think that that's, it's that information distribution and knowing yes. when to hint at something, when to give something, when to hide something, when to like, like, like the mom thing in book one, like you don't really know that there's, you, you're not asking questions as a reader. Like I wasn't really like, what is this going on? I want to know more, more about this. You're, you're satisfied with the information that yes. you're given until you find out like, more and then you're like now I'm unsatisfied and I want to know a lot more yes and so she does that really really well I think it's really hard to do that information Mm -hmm. distribution is um I think it's probably one of her biggest skills is like knowing when to give the reader what and what to hint at and what to reveal yes like the priming of questions yes Yes. the priming of questions in real time that we know that we need to now care right yes yes (laughs) and and setting them yeah. up even before we start to care. Right. Like, so it's all there and it all feels inevitable. Absolutely. Yeah. And the pacing of yeah. that, like, it just, we talked about kind of scope when we talked about yeah. duologies, how I think that feels, if you have one that kind of gets blown up or yeah. like out of scope, it feels like it's in perfect scope yes. with each other. Like this then leads to that, then leads to that. It builds on each other, but it also feels like, it isn't like there's one that's huge and the other one like it feels just like it was well paced Mm -hmm. over time and that it was trotting along to get to that you know going through the arcs because this one is really like three three acts yes like you have one and two and three across the trilogy but then you also have the main like the long running arcs across all three yeah and even the feeding into each other of those things was done i think in a very yeah you got to the end of each book and you were like i want the next one (laughs) absolutely it fed in so well yes and and that's hard too with trilogies i think because some we've talked about this before of like sitting awkwardly with one when you're like i need the next one now and i do think that that's why often with release schedules they usually try to keep it about one year because mm-hmm. I think sitting with that much longer yeah. is super hard. Even a year is too long for me. I gotta <laughs> right? wait till they're all out. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something really nice about being able to pick up a trilogy mm-hmm. and just read all the way through. Yes. A, one of the ones that are also on my list of these as I was prepping that I wanted to talk about was the Winners Trilogy. It's one that actually had been released when I first picked up the first book. Uh And I think that having that where you can just go from one book to the next to the next without long... Yeah, wait times. ...can really add to, like, the pull through the books. And even... I think sitting with that number two, when it goes to a really dark place, which yes. often it does, yes. I mean, even if we're looking at movies, you know, that's Han being frozen in carbonite and Luke losing his hand and yes. learning that he's Vader's son. <laughs> like, if you're sitting with that awkwardness, yeah. to sit there for four years is really yes. difficult. Yes. But when you can sit there for just like six months or right. when you can just pick right. it up, I think it allows you to kind of be able to sit with that discomfort a little better. Yeah. I love, yeah, that, 
idea of the second book going dark, like I think second books are really hard. We talked about that. But I think with Caravelle, something that's really interesting Mm -hmm. to me is I think she avoided that because of the character, like the point of view switch. She was able to make them make it stand on its own so much more. And it didn't have that second act drag feel or that like, I mean, it, it was darker, but it wasn't. Yeah. Unbearably darker. Yes. <laughs> and I think really that's largely because she switched point of views. Absolutely. And I think that ending, even though it leaves us in a, like, there, there is a down. Like, yeah. we, we don't feel desolate, mm-hmm. though. Because if she, had, if she had ended it slightly before, and again, spoiler, um, if she had left Tella in the card, yeah. that would have been very difficult yes but she doesn't like she gives us something she gives us a gift mm-hmm. and then she takes something away <laughs> and that's but it works yes so well yes. because if we had everything at the end we would feel a certain way Satisfied like, like why get into the third <laughs> and if we had nothing mm-hmm. we would have i think felt a little cheated yes um, sure. But she does such a great job. I like how you said that because I do feel like hers feel like they could be great standalone stories. Yeah. Except they have a little thing added. Yeah. Like, and it makes it, I think, really bearable. Yes. And I, it's difficult and squishy to talk about like what is bearable and what is unbearable yeah. and like what is the thing that makes us want to continue and what is the thing that that makes us want to not. It's one of those things that's like an instinct thing, I think. Like, I don't know that you really can. I mean, you, in order to hit that, you have to have this balance of giving the reader something that's satisfying and then also giving them something that's not. And I think that's about, that's a balance that's hard to get right. And I'm not sure that I have any advice or rules for it. It's just, you have to just feel it, like put yourself in the reader's shoes and see what happens or get lots of betas. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and we haven't talked about it yet, and because it's not technically a trilogy, but it is kind of. Um, so, the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is talked about, and I think recognizing yeah. the difference in the Lord of the Rings, because mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings actually is allowed to keep things very, very open. Like yeah. certain things might wrap up like Helm's Deep, but <laughs> we still have a lot of things open. This is such a big story. Absolutely, I mean, it's such a massive epic. Absolutely, yeah, and those do feel a little different. But I think if you then were to look at the movie version, mm-hmm. the movie version makes it into kind of a proper trilogy. Yes. It takes yeah. the kind of a little Arcs less, yeah. yeah, and it actually forces. You know, we've talked before about the having characters make poor choices, but that actually mm-hmm. forces us into what a trilogy feels like, yes. and it then allows for the exploration of. These are not simple choices to make. Yeah. Like they, they don't feel like la 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 la. Yes. I'm just going to not look at the ring, and yeah. it kind of allows you to feel the weight of everything. Yeah. But what's what is good to remember that that breaks the mold. Mm-hmm. Like I, I heard someone was um, they were talking about movies, but I think there's a lot to learn about movies because there are so many trilogies. Yeah where they say the middle is unsatisfying or the end is unsatisfying and to like look into the whys. Yes. This same person really loves the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but the problem with it is it, it doesn't have those like strings being tied together in a satisfactory way. It's Mm -hmm. allowed to keep it open, but that's because it's an exception. Like (laughs) looking at the, what does a modern 
audience yeah. want? Yeah. What would they be willing to sit through? And I think even looking at movies themselves and just saying some of the reasons why these don't work yeah. is because the care of meaning isn't there. Like mm. there is not the this goes into this, yeah. which then pays off here. A lot of them are done more as like sequels rather right. than a case right. of trilogy where it's like <laughs> And those are very like different things. Absolutely. It feels like like you can have absolutely. a sequel and not have that like true true trilogy, trilogy I think has that cohesiveness. Yes, it yeah. does. And it has the end and the middle and the I mean it has the beginning and the middle and the end. Mm-hmm. While it's telling one complete story. Absolutely yeah. cohesive between that. Mm-hmm. It can pay off. It can have like standalone sure. qualities, but you need to have those things that pull you through yes. to get to that ultimate ending. Yeah. And then in the ending, I do think that you have to have things that tie back present, into the beginning. Yeah, yes. That kind of not just pay off, mm-hmm. but I think show where you've come from. Yes, like, that change and growth. And absolutely. Just, yeah, for sure. I agree. Well, we hope you keep reading and writing trilogies because they're still very fun, even if yes. they're no longer my favorites. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. They, are, they can be very rewarding. Oh, absolutely. Obviously. You get enough space to really yes. examine a whole world. Yes. Um, and that's, I think, what you get even more so. Like a duology, I think you get enough space to explore characters. Yes. But not always a whole world. Yeah. And then in a trilogy, you get enough space to explore whole worlds as Absolutely. well as the characters. So, yeah. all right. Keep reading and writing and putting your work out into the world.